This podcast is brought to you by the Benny Mac Network. Check out www.facebook.com slash the Benny Mac Network. Hello and welcome to the Benny Mac Podcast and I'm your host, Benny Mac. Uh, hope you're all doing great. Some of you may know I used to do the RFN show for uh, Red Mali Football Club. Uh, just to let you know, the RFN last RFN show is now up and it's available on Spreaker on the Benny Mac Network. But welcome to my new podcast. This podcast is primarily going to be interviews with all sorts of people from all walks of life as they share their passions, whether that be music, sports or movies or whatever. The aim here is that we listen to people's passions and stories and hopefully inspire you, the listener. Uh, so let's do it. Uh, now my first guest on this podcast is the former manager of Red Marley FC, Andy Davis. So a nice transition for me. Uh, I talked to Andy about his ups and downs at the club and he also shared some good memories as well. Here is the interview with Andy and what was his passion, Red Marley FC. I think I've gone on record as saying this often that um, Dan Jeeves is without doubt technically the most gifted player I've had the privilege to work with. Uh, superb on the field and uh, a really nice bloke with it too. Personal highlight, I think, was winning away at Tidham a couple of years back and securing promotion at the first attempt. 1-3-1 that day and some superb performances. Dean Vaughan, excellent. Dan Jeeves, both ran themselves to a standstill that day. Um, extremely proud of the lads. Is there a better leader than Adam Draper? Um, if there is, I can't think of one. Red Marley's greatest ever signing. Run through a brick wall for you. Leader on and off the pitch. Um, should have had the captain's armband. Was our captain. things that I've really enjoyed the most is seeing the development of our younger players the likes of Luke Brunston Jack Hughes Adam Collier Ian Bennett, John Greeno um, they've all stepped up to the plate in recent weeks and have made a valuable contribution to the side over the last six to eight months or so and um, I can't thank them enough for their help and support what this season's done I think it's highlighted just how important your goalkeeper is and um, for me there's only ever going to be one goalkeeper and that's John Hobson um, I remember back to his first game down at Tidenham and he'd only just turned 16 and he was absolutely outstanding that day and he went on from strength to strength and his massive presence for us and a massive loss not to get him playing more often this season one of the guys I really enjoy talking to the most is Ollie Cleveley. Um, value his opinion on the game tremendously. Knows his stuff. Um, not necessarily 
given a fair crack of the whip football from a university perspective but I'll tell you Ollie they're missing the trick mate because you're you're exceptional and your reading of the game is better than anybody else that I know so keep the faith keep playing you're a good lad it's always fantastic when you think that you can add something to someone's game and not just football either but just from a personal perspective too when someone comes out the other side far more rounded than when they were went in and Aaron Jenkins fits that category really improved his game tried different things learnt a lot listened a lot um, wholehearted lad get your confidence back mate because um, you're a good player and um, not many better in the league than you Arguably our most gifted player is probably Ben Hawes. And uh, got to know Ben really quite well over the last two, three years or so. Um, had one or two laughs along the way. Likes his air straighteners. <laughs> Great air style, but it's nowhere near as good as your wing play. But you're a good all-round bloke, Ben. Um, really value your friendship. If anyone has a problem, this guy's always first to help. Um, I know he's helped me. Wish he'd help me with my roof, though. That's Dan Dashie. Um, no better defensive midfield player in the game. And he was also um, a good example of how you can still continue to improve your game, even though you're not necessarily in the first flush of youth. No disrespect, Dan. But you are, without doubt the best role model that I know and a superb role model for the young lads that we got playing in this side right now. Another example of someone who's improved the game immeasurably over the last couple of seasons by a lot of dedication and hard work. Someone who's had a pretty rough ride personally over the last 12 to 18 months as well and that's Ollie Osborne. Um, smashing guy, one of the best guys that I know and um, hope our chats have helped along the way. There's not really a lot of promises I can ever really make anyone in terms of their ability and how they're going to progress. Um, other than the fact that with hard work, I could pretty much say all move on from the club better player than the one who first came in Dean Vaughan's in that category don't know a better striker than Dean hope I've supported you I'd like to think that I have I've tried to I've tried to give you some advice along the way and um, when the chips have been down you've always stepped up to the plate and delivered so can't thank you enough for that either Welcome to the Benny Mac podcast. Uh, this is the first in a hopefully many. Um, this is this podcast. We're basically going to be talking to people, getting their uh, experiences on life, and uh, I've got some good guests lined up for later on. But I've got a, an epic one now. Um, now, most of you know, I used to do the RFN stuff with uh, with a football club. Whether we should mention the name of the football club is a different thing at this precise moment. Yeah, mention them. Mention yeah, Red Marley. No, it was good. It was a good. 
a good uh, good run. Uh, the guys sharing a passion, but uh, today we're talking to, or I'm talking to Andy Davis. Uh, as we sit here now, unfortunately, former manager of Red Marley FC, um, you would have heard the uh, intro there. We was just talking about some players there, uh, and uh, Dan Dashi to be one of them. And as you know, you've heard it. So, what, 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 I thought it was very cheesy. What did I you loved think? it? I loved it. I personally loved it, but then I'm quite a cheesy did sort you? of person. So you know, yeah. I loved it. The sentiment is fantastic, and the two years I've been involved with the club with you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously, when I first came in, I didn't know you. You didn't know me. Um, in the two years, I will say the some positives that come out of doing the podcast. I love doing them. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but I've made some great friends, and uh, I can. Oh, you have. Plan no on, plan no, on no, to. No, no question about that, Ben. Um, this may divide the room with some of my friends, but that's something they'll have to bear with. I'm, I'm come down on which side I've come down on. And that's my decision. You come down on the side. You come down on. That's your decision. So I respect that. As long as you respect mine. So what you have to remember is that that, that narrative and stuff was actually recorded in a hotel bedroom in Reading. Um, midweek, and uh, for me, I've just I've just become an absolute um, major fan of the composer of the music, a, a, a bloke called um, Einaudi, Italian composer. And uh, if you listen to it carefully, the chord structures are absolutely devastating, superb, and um, very deep, very meaningful, very thoughtful music, very retrospective. And I, I love anything like that. So uh, that was that was the basis behind that, really. And also, did you know that actually his, his grandfather, funnily enough, was uh, an Italian prime minister in the 1950s? Would you know that? I was born in the 1980s, so no. <laughs> I wouldn't know that, to be honest. So, so, so yeah, an, an Italian prime minister in the 1950s, and I looked it up on Wikipedia... And who is ever to say that Wiki is wrong? So there you go. Sometimes, I, you know, it depends who's messed with it, really. But for previous, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I mean, this could be quite a delicate subject, to be honest, for some people listening. Um, again, if you if you if you're easily offended, then I would say turn off now. Um, I don't think we're going to offend anybody personally. No, not, that's not the objective. Um, if we do, this is like a preemptive apology, just in case. But we're not in, we're not intentionally trying to. Uh, annoy anybody or upset anybody it's just what's happened and it is what it is unfortunately from my point of view anyway but um like i said that's my view mm. i'm not privy to some of the inner circle conversations so you know i, I, I dug this 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 book out um, i was going to say about the uh, blue book over there yeah the blue book the famous blue book uh it's something that's gone with me from game to game is this something you've used from Day right, one from, right, from, right from day one, yeah. Um, uh, it includes my lineups, um, my tactics, my team talk. Uh, it's broken down into different areas. There's, 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 there's the, the technical side of things, and there's also the motivational side of things as well. Right. Just and, before, uh, sorry, just to cut you off. I don't mean to cut you off, but um, just before we go, because I'm just thinking, you know, the, the lads that are going to be listening to this, yeah, yeah. they're going to know what we're talking about. There's going to be people out there listening to this podcast yeah. who are going to be. What the hell are they on about? Now, RFN was a podcast that followed the exploits and the uh, ups and downs of the Red Marley Football Club, yep. which is a look sort of Gloucester area. Um, fantastic club, for the most part. Um, I loved watching it for the last two years. I've loved some of the goals, Ben Hall's goals, Aaron Jenkins' goals, Dean Vaughan goals, you know, and the ups and downs that come with it. But that's what we're talking about tonight, and Andy, we're going to go through the journey of yeah. the yeah, start absolutely. of Red Marley for Andy and, unfortunately, the end. I, I, I just, so. just want to say there's... there's, there's from, from my perspective, absolutely no bitterness at all. I mean, I've had, what, two and a half 
um, very good years. Um, met a lot of good people, made a lot of good friends, and uh, create some pretty special memories. I, I, I think for me, probably the most important thing from a, from a, a father perspective is uh, getting the opportunity to see your own lad play football for two and a half years, and um, and that has, has been an absolute personal delight for me. Um, so yeah, I've, I've got no no regrets as far as that's concerned. Um, I'd like to think that I've, I've I've left the club in a better position than when I first went there. Um, uh, well, two promotions in what two seasons? Yeah, you, you, I mean, you, you had you had two back-to-back promotions. You've had uh, a semi-final of the League Cup, and you, you've had uh, a quarter-final of the County Cup. And if we'd have been able to field a consistent team this season, I think we'd have probably gone up again. If I'm being brutally honest with you. Um, which is a fair measure of success. So, um, um, if if someone would have said that to me two and a half years ago, that's where you're going to be. Then I'd have, I would have taken that. I'd have, I'd, have, I'd have ripped the hand off basically for it. And hence the blue book. The blue book is is, is a record of of everything that's gone on. I think what we're probably going to do towards the the end of the series of these interviews is, is probably raffle it off. That's what we'll probably do. It almost looked like, I don't know if you've ever seen the Hobbit film or the Lord <laughs> of the Rings, it almost looks like the book that Bilbo Baggins writes in to tell his stories and his yeah, exploits yeah. Of, uh, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Well, and then well, handed well, down to Frodo after, you know. <laughs> absolutely. And one of, the, one of the first entries that I've got in here was it was a hometown, was a home game, sorry, should I say, against Newton Town at home. Big game. Big game, big local rivalry. And, uh, and, and during that game, we... we uh, it was a game that we, we pulled back, I believe, to three each after being 3-1 down at one point. And I just want to run the line-up th- with you through through on this. And we, we had Matt Subter in goal, Smith at right-back. Um, Benson. Ben Wa- yeah, Benson played in goal. Ben Wasley, Ollie Osborne, Danny Bickers played at left-back, no less, although he, he switched across flanks because... Um, uh, Danny Bickers, you dubbed his Ed Sheeran at one point, <laughs> if I remember rightly. <laughs> he's, he's, he's the main man, Danny, so yeah, he's more than welcome. Dan Dashi in midfield, Matt Jubilee right side of midfield, Ben Hall's left side, Adam Draper um, being the enforcer in central midfield, uh, Dan Jeeves and... and, and, and um, Jamie Hobson, no less, up front. Well, I think we had, on that day we had substitutes of Dean Vaughan, Jay Stevenson, Aaron Jenkins. Now that is a strong bench. I've got my own little personal story about Jamie Hobson, and which you'll really, <laughs> when uh, when you finish that little section, well, I want to tell you about the, my experience with Red Marley because it was I was on I almost fell to the floor with laughter. So I'll uh, mention it after you finished your. Yeah, so look look forward to that. But uh, yeah, that was that was that was page one. And like I say in there, you, you, you've got all the team talk planned out because nothing is ever left to chance. Everything has always been thought through, contrary to popular belief. Um, there's always been thought gone into everything that, that we've tried to do with Red Marley, really. Sitting here, sorry, sitting here, watch, uh, go looking, I mean, we've already gone, what, a page, not yeah. even a page in yet. The effort you've gone to to <laughs> do this is, I think, says a lot on its own. I, I loved uh, it, mate. I wish you guys could see that. It's not a video podcast. It's just an audio oh, one. I absolutely I wish you could loved see it. it. And um, and I think probably one of the things that um, maybe the club's overlooked is is the fact that people who are prepared to throw their energies in into, in, into it for free are pretty few and far between. Um, you don't get many people along like that these days. And... Um, and uh, best luck finding the successor, really, and whoever that successor may be, the very best luck to them. Moved on a page, 
we, we, we played um, Redside away the following week, which was the 26th of April 2012, looking at that. And the line-up on that day, Matt Sumter played in goal, Benson. Smith played right-back. Danny Bickers, Ollie Osborne, centre-halves. Ash Bain, left-back. Can you remember him? Did you ever come across him? I um, me I was told about him. Something about cardigans comes to mind. Uh, he's, he's, he but, was cardigan um, king, but no. I never. I don't think I ever met him. No question. Smashing lad, first rate, first rate guy. Ran away to be with the RAF. Basically, is, is the story <laughs> there. Um, not a bad career move there, really. Ad, not a bad <laughs> career move at all. From Red Molly to the RAF, let's do it. Adam Draper, deep midfield. Matt Jubilee, right side. Jenks, left side. Uh, Jay Stevenson, Alex Blackmore Davey. ABD. ABD just off the front one of Deanville, no less. And uh, I think we just about managed to scrape a win that day on a, on a pitch the size of a postage stamp. Um, and it was, was all good and very fond memories. And um, yeah, happy days, mate. What was your, because looking at this book, obviously you've, again, I'll put this out there as well because I didn't say this, you did already, but I've got no hard feelings towards the club. In fact, I may even still go and see games when I can to be totally honest nothing, nothing wrong with that whatsoever I, um, I just think me personally there's nothing to do with Andy leaving the club by the way I've got to say this but I think it's time to move on I think I've gone as far as I can with the podcast with the club yeah. um, and it's just time to move on so there's nothing to care. I just want to get that out there because I don't think uh, nobody's really come out to me and said why are you quitting or anything so I just want to make sure that's this there is, this, is, this, is, this is really I think um, um, an end of an era kind of thing on both both fronts for, for, for Ben and for myself but I, I think it's going to be a, a situation whereby we're not going to look back anymore we're going to look forward you know there's a, there's, there's a lot of good new things to do um, Ben and I have, have got some shows and stuff in, in, in the pipeline and um, I'm really looking forward immensely to getting involved with those and there are other football options and opportunities on the horizons as well. So, so who knows what the future holds? But there's no looking back now. It's all about looking forward. Someone once said to me that you you, you never ever go back, never ever go back. If you go back in life, you, you you're always destined to to to, to encounter failure. And uh, I have no intention of doing that at all. Really, excellent. Um, I would just when you were. Uh, um Talking about the memories like ABD and Dean and everything there. When yeah, you yeah. when you first went to the club, yeah. I mean, like your day, as in your leading the training sessions or you're picking the team. When you stood there and looked at these players, obviously you're going to know a couple, but in general, you know all these people, all these faces are new. When you stood there looking at going, do you think? Did you think I can? Was was it in your mind that you could take this team two seasons in a row? And getting them promoted two seasons in a row, as no, it was, or no, was it? I, I think that exceeded my expectation. But um, the, the, there is so much that you can do at that kind of level by just organising people, Ben, and just getting an organised setup. And that was the first aim, really, was was, was to just really get things organised and get a solid base together. Um, if you can stop yourself conceding goals, you, you're always in with a chance of winning games and moving forward. And that's what we that's what that's what the initial aim was. Um, but to say that we accelerated things inside two and a half years to get the club to play at the highest level that it's ever played before, um, I think is, is is testimony not well not to me but to the players and, and people who've been around the club and who've made that happen. So yeah, I mean that that went beyond my my wildest expectations really, and uh, I've had some really good times doing it. And uh, yeah, happy times, happy times, mate. So before, obviously, there was football before Red Marley. You're a Wolves fan. Oh, yeah. 
Um, for better or worse, we'll go with that. Absolutely better. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes, anyway. yeah. Um, in regards to coaching, was that something you saw yourself doing? Have you, had you did, have you done it before? I know you did it yeah. before Red Marley at another team. Was I, I, I think it's I think it's something that you have a tendency to drift into, and I think it's your kids that that, that make you gravitate towards that. Um, I first got involved with coaching down at Abbey Mead Rovers, and um, and then also as well Hardwick Rangers too. When Scott moved from from Abbey Mead to Hardwick, and then again I got involved when Scott moved from Hardwick to Forest Green. And uh, that was enough to put you off youth football, I think, in itself. I think it's a situation <laughs> whereby the lads are fine. Lads are absolutely great, but uh, the parents uh, uh, are a different breed completely. When you've got to have a conversation with someone, I mean, you've got to remember, you've got a duty of care towards these kids, yeah? You've got to make sure they're protected as best as you possibly can because obviously they're, they're below the age of 16, etc., and uh, when you've got someone on the sidelines who's turning around and, say, and suggesting my little Johnny should be playing in central midfield every week, yeah, and you're not giving him his opportunity, but yes, Mr. Parent, little Johnny's fine, but he's only four foot eleven, you know, <laughs> um, and they just can't kind of see that really. And unfortunately, that mentality has crept into Red Marley in recent times. Um, it's been run more like a youth football club now, I believe rather than an adult football club and I think the sight and the focus has moved away from what is central to it all and the central and what is central to it all is the success of the Saturday side and I think that's become almost secondary in many ways. Okay. Um is there anything you if you have the chance and I suppose I suppose this is the chance to do it really, you can say it if they listen to it obviously and say will hopefully will do. Uh, anything you want to say to the lads? Um, yeah, anyone well, in particular well, or just the lads as as a whole? I just want to really just say that you've um Give me two and a half great years. It's been brilliant to get to know you all. And uh, I'd like to think that um, I've made you better from a playing perspective, but also hopefully from, from, from a personal point of view as well. Um, um, try to move you forward as far as that's concerned. Um, there are a couple of players that I didn't mention in the, um, in the preamble. The music interlude, if that's what you want to call it, earlier on. I understand what that means, so yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, because obviously you don't get the necessary time to be able to do it all. Um, I'd like to say a huge thank you to, to, to Matt Jubilee, um, who's one of the nicest guys you could ever wish to meet. Uh, he's got a lovely family and um, has supported me superbly throughout. And my only regret really is not having Matt available over the last 12 months due to a back injury. But uh, keep playing tubes because you're a tremendous player and uh, an even better, better guy. And uh, I look forward to being able to meet up with you shortly. And, and, and the other guy I want to mention as well is, 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 is Matt Wosley. Sorry, no, Ben Wosley. Let's get this, get this right. <laughs> it's confusing. They're both uh, tall. So both yeah. tall, both six foot five, yeah. Ben's... Um, an absolutely top guy and uh, is a superb player and should really be playing at a far higher level than what Red Marley has to offer. And uh, all I'll say to you, Ben, is if you get the right opportunity from another club, the way that I want to support you is I will even drive you to where you will have your trial and make sure that you secure your place if it's the right place for you because uh, you're a top lad and, uh, and I've been very lucky and fortunate uh, to be able to, to have you playing in, in, in my teams. 
There's been some uh, great moments that I've been witness to. Obviously, you there every week, whereas I'm there, was there every other or when I could be there. But um, in regards to doing this kind of stuff, podcasts and radio stuff, when I first started, uh, Matt Jubilee and Dan Jeeves, yeah. uh, Dan Jeeves, both of them, uh, like I said, two guys I didn't even know at the time. I probably spoke about this before, but it's just memories, really, from Red Marley now, really. That's good. But, um, it's... Uh, uh, I think I, we did the, me, Dean, and Nick did the first show, mm-hmm. and uh, they obviously they had listened to it. And uh, guys I didn't even know, Matt Jubilee and Dean, uh, Dean, sorry, Dan, reached out to me and just said how much they loved it, and it was Absolutely, hilarious. Yeah. And it was yeah, just yeah. Little, so little Good things fun. like that, little things like that. that and these are the people I don't even know to get a positive reaction from somebody that you don't even know. I like to say that I mean I don't see Matt very often anymore, but when I do, we all say hello and pick up where he left off. And Dan Jeeves, I will speak to you when I can, and we always and I think I've gained. Some good friends there, really. I, 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 I think you've gained some lifetime friends. There's no question about that. I, I think you, your work has been very well received. Um, I think underfunded in recent times and not pushed enough. And uh, I think Red Marley have got their part to play in that because they should have jumped on the bandwagon there because they had something that uh, no other club at this level has, um, a media output. And uh, that was something that was very much overlooked and uh, is very much a loss to the club, but that's the club's loss. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, your your, your work is very well received. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to what you've, what you've had to say over the years. And, um, and, and, and like I've said to you before, this isn't a situation whereby it's over. I think this is a situation whereby it's going to move forward and uh, it's going to get better. Uh, and I'm looking forward to hopefully playing my part in that. It's hard to think actually two years ago <laughs> did like the f- I think it might be just over two years. Yeah. Did the first show, but to actually have said that okay, I think I don't, I can't tell you how many shows have been done. Um some of which were done with players in the room, some were done without um some have been survived in the archives I've got on my laptop and some haven't. Mm-hmm. Um but I was sifting through them today and it's just the like I said the memories and the quality of certain things and Maybe I could have done that better, but in general, I've, uh, I've enjoyed every moment of it, and I can't say I've got a bad thing no, to say it's, about it's, them. It's so, great. You know. it's, it's, it's been a very good experience all round, and uh, but it's, it's 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 time to move on. I, I think I've seen um, recent Facebook extracts whereby Dean Vaughan has, has turned round and said it's time for change, and 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 to be fair, Dean's absolutely right. Is absolutely right in what he says. It is time for change. I've had my time in the sun and I've enjoyed what I've done. Uh, but the bottom line is you've got a dysfunctional club right now and I still think it still continues to be dysfunctional and there are various reasons for that which will come out during the course of, 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 of our, our talk that we've got here. Um, and, 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 yeah, I mean, Dean's entitled to his opinion. That's fine. Um, I'm very much entitled to mine also um, I think there are obviously more wide ranging factors at play here which is a shame really I think it's a shame that it's had to, had, to, had to end in the way that it has but there you go originally a bit about the history of, of, of the whole thing um, the DS side was originally set up to, to enhance and supplement the Saturday side it was a situation whereby we had a hardcore of about 17, 18 players playing Saturday football at the time. 17, 18 doesn't go into 11. So there was obviously an opportunity for, for four or five players every week to drop down, if, if that's the right expression to use, to play in the Sunday side. 
and and uh, pass on their experience to some youth players and we could look to try and develop and enhance the club in that way. We always tried to avoid at all times uh, a first and second team. A first and second team was never the way to go because that creates a natural divide in the club and we wanted to do, to avoid that divide at all at all costs. Um, hence the DS side and the Sunday concept is is a superb concept. Absolutely works brilliantly. Um, I've got to be honest with you. I don't think the DS side has worked. I don't think it's. I don't think it's performed. I don't think it's delivered on the levels that it should do. And I have to take my responsibility in relation to that. I think I've played my part in that. How do you? How do you? How do you mean um, performed? Do you mean on a performance level in the sense of in the league or? How it should have on, on all on all levels. The league the league position is, is is almost secondary really in many ways. But in terms of the ways that it's performed it, with with regard to the club as a whole, um, it's absolutely vital really that, that, that the two teams should have should have worked closer together. Um, and the concept was superb. But at, like with any concept, it's only as good as the people that you put in charge in terms of the, the guys who are going to run it for you. Uh, I was involved in the endorsement of the people who were put in charge of that DS side and um, and it hasn't worked out, if I'm being brutally honest, and, and I have to share my responsibility in relation to that. I gave them their opportunity, I gave them their chance to, to, to do what they needed to do, um, to, to obviously get this DS side up and running and working closely with the Saturday side and unfortunately it, it hasn't paid dividends. To the point whereby um, the DS side is, is basically being run totally and completely as a separate entity, and that was never the intention at all. Um, it was always designed to work very, very closely to supplement the Saturday side, and it really is its own its, its own entity. To the point whereby it could almost break away from Red Marley and be a separate club. So instead of you getting greater unity, which was the whole, whole idea behind the concept initially. You've got a situation whereby, um, as I said, you, you've got a you've got a divide there now. You've got a complete and total divide uh, between the club, a, a, a gulf as wide as as, as as the Grand Canyon, mate. It really is that bad, and uh, that's very sorry to see. And that's down to the people who are running it, myself included. As a fan, as a fan of the club, which is what I am, um, is quite it's quite hard, you know. It's quite hard to it's it's almost hard to swallow as well, to be honest. Because the team that I was started following two years ago has come strength to strength, and it's just been it's been a buzz from watching it from day one yeah, almost. It's, it's, and, it's, uh, it's been it's been a great buzz. There's no question about that. But um, you, you've as I say, you've got that divide there. That was never the intention. The intention was to have a, a unified side, uh, to have a, a good conduit for youth players to come through. Uh, to move forward to the to the to the Saturday team, and 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 that is just not happening. It's being run for for very very different reasons, um, which is a shame to see. Um, for me personally, looking at the way that they're playing at the moment, I mean, part of the problem that you've got, you see, is you you've got a certain element of of Saturday players who play in the Sunday side. They go out, they lose their game for the DS by considerable margins and that has a spill spill over and a knock on effect to the Saturday performance and that's where you that's that's where your real problem lies I think. Um it's a shame because at the end of the day with the players that have been made available, I could have I could have dropped four or five players into that side 
that would have made an immeasurable difference to the way that the Sunday side has performed. And uh, on every occasion that I've, I've offered that, that, uh, that situation has been rejected for whatever reason, which is which is unfortunate. Um, but there you go. That's 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 the situation as it stands, really, pretty much. Okay, well, we're going to take a very quick break and then we're going to come back to the Blue Book, I think, and bring back some good memories because it's getting a bit serious here. Um, But, uh, yeah, we'll be back after this. This podcast is brought to you by the Benny Mac Network. Check out www.facebook.com slash the Benny Mac Network. And we're back on the uh, Benny Mac podcast here, still talking to Andy Davis. We've gone on for about 30 minutes or so, so hopefully you're still with us. Uh, we're kind of reminiscing a bit of Red Marley. Uh, Doing a lot of reminiscing. It got a bit, got a bit, yeah. got a bit heavy uh, before the break. But um, yeah. um, let's say, uh, well, maybe favourite memories. Um, uh, Dean Vaughan was your player of the year. He was indeed, yeah. Um, like you said, he's entitled to his opinion. You're entitled to yours. Yeah, yeah. Um, my curiosity here, uh, would you... Still give him player of the year? Absolutely. Absolutely. Dean's an outstanding player. And um, for me, he'd always be... Um, he'd always be a first choice for me on every occasion, really, at the end of the day. If you stop the season now, he'd still be my player of the year because he's stepped up and he's got some very valuable goals for the club. He's a top guy. Um, I've got no axe to grind with Dean whatsoever. Um, I think, obviously, he's he's, he's got his his own taken versions on things and I think there's obviously going to be movements in, in, in the offing in terms of probably his father coming in and stepping into the club and if that's the case I wish them every success um, but Dean personally now he's, he's a good lad and um, a superb striker and wherever I end up if I decide to continue in football um, he'd be more than welcome to play any of my sides So you planning on are you going to take a bit of a rest from football for a bit? or I've, I've, I've already got a couple of options because I think what Rip Marley have overlooked is the fact that um, people who show passion, people who are prepared to be dedicated in the coaching aspect of the game, uh, quite a rare commodity at our level. And there are other clubs who have already picked up on this. So, yeah, I've, I've got a couple of options there right now. Whether I decide to take those options, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to take some time out, look at what's available, and, and we'll see where that takes us. So, lighten the mood a tad. Yeah. <laughs> um, Favourite memories from the last two years? Well, I, I think I've, I've already kind of touched on it. One of my favourite memories was going away to Tidenham, and I, I think I mentioned in, in the in the in the musical preamble that we had that it was a 3-1 score and I've, I've been corrected it was actually 4-1 and going away to Tidenham and winning there and absolutely dominating that game and winning by four goals to one securing promotion at the at the first opportunity against pretty much all odds really is, 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 is very much a favourite moment I want to say just how proud I was of the lads that day they, they gave it absolutely 120% and um Dan Jeeves, Adam Draper, just just never knows when to when when to give up the ghost and um, and and that's all you can ever really ask for from a coaching perspective. Ben, if I'm being honest, is is, is if people give you 120 percent and and they they really did deliver on that day and uh, secure promotion. As I said, very very proud. Yeah, happy days. 
um, may not do, but end of season dues. I've only been uh, available or at one, yeah. which I thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, go into that in a second. But if they asked uh, you to do it this year or maybe next year, would you go along if asked, or would you? Absolutely, I'd, I'd go along and I'd, I'd do it for them. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> But you, you, you're looking at a charge of 150 quid. <laughs> what a kit you gone, take with you. I'm not surprised, yeah, to be gone, honest. Gone, gone, gone are the days when you're going to get your freebies. If you want me there and you want to pay £150, I guarantee you the night of your life. Yeah. I, 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 I'd, I'd uh, like to be a, <laughs> a part of that one, I think, to be honest. Um, just because, uh, you know, we're talking about Red Money, so I might as well reminisce on some of the shows I did. Um, uh, yeah. While well, I remember it, it's only you talking about uh, music and stuff. There, we did that, uh, which I've been pe- I was passionate for months to do, if not at least six months to yeah, do, yeah. the verses night, which ended up being five songs each, not ten, which Brilliant. is probably better. Brilliant! Uh, yeah. One of my favourite. Let's evenings. do it again. <laughs> and I'll, well, beat, I, I, I'll I, beat you next time. Uh, you, okay, we'll see. Uh, I think I beat you five. Oh, you spoke me. Proper. Yeah. In fairness, you had your sunset next to you, and he was—I don't know whether he was doing out of spite. Yeah. Absolutely. I would enjoy. um, Yeah, I got a couple of good memories here actually. But um, whenever the the end of season do, I um, with the help of Ollie Osborne, Mm -hmm. get on well with him. Top guy. Aaron Jenkins, and I believe uh, ABD before he departed. Another top guy. Um, Made like a team talk video, which you can go to YouTube.com slash BWM TV I think they're still on there if you want to watch them look for Red Marley stuff um, but uh, there was outtakes and everything but I think I may have mentioned this to you before yeah. and you can't see this on, on here obviously because it's audio <laughs> but um, there was three videos one of which was a surprise um, actually no two of us surprised because it was just the team talk they all thought they were getting but it was uh, so literally the lights go off we've got a big screen set up one of those projector screens you get at school yeah, sure. and all that kind of yeah. stuff and uh, my hand was uh, shaking because I was so nervous about whether it was going to be received. Why? Wow. Why did you do that? Because the idea of the video was to be funny. Yeah. Now, when you make, I mean, I've only got limited experience, but I, I believe that horror is kind of, although good, and it's good suspense sometimes, it's, all, it's almost cheating. Because horror, is, I don't want to say really? it's easy to do. I think it's, it's very cheap in a sense of you can get a scare, you can set a good scene up. But uh-huh. to make people laugh, I believe, is harder to make people laugh than to scare people. I would, have, I would be inclined to agree, yeah. I could but sneak yeah. up behind you in the kitchen and grab all of you and yell boo and you probably crap yourself. But to make you actually <laughs> laugh is a different thing. So, But yeah, my hand was shaking. I hit the play button and the response. Uh, I've still got the, uh, the video footage and the lads and everybody that was attending the end of season do laughed. And I'm not just on about little laughs. They were proper. There was a few belly laughs in there you can hear on the audio, which is quite good. And uh, so I, I enjoyed doing it, and I was a shame I only got to do one, but it was um, I thoroughly enjoyed. That's the first time ever I've been in front of a live audience, so to speak, with something that I've made with How other people. How did you people. feel about? Oh, I was buzzing after you asked my. Um, I, I, I mean, I've always found that you, you're kind of like um, uptight to begin with, but once you get a good response. There's no better feeling. <laughs> um, I'm uptight, did you see? No, gen- I'm talking generally. <laughs> oh, generally. I like get uptight. I know? might be to begin with. Yeah. But... <laughs> I, I find you generally get uptight, but then, then, you, 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 once you get a good response and it works well, it's uh, it's a great, great feeling. I think that's what it boils down to, entertaining people, really. I think, Absolutely. To be honest. And, 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 that's, and that's why the, you, you have to continue, to cont- you've got to continue to do this. Um, otherwise it's just a, a loss 
and, oh, well. and, and that's that's not a good place to be. I plan on carrying on this. Obviously, this is the first of hopefully many, so yeah. you know it's not all going to be. Uh, looking back, this is the only time we're going to be looking back. I think so. Looking you know? back, and after this, we're looking forward. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be look out for them shows on Spreaker. I tell you. Yeah, absolutely. I want to refer to your blue book. Where did the? <laughs> Honestly, I wish you guys could see it. It does look like something from a like a, a fantasy film. <laughs> Apart from the fact that it hasn't got like a medallion on the front of it or like a never-ending story it, it, it or took, something. It, it took a turn for the worse actually. This book because um, it was the first season that we got promoted and. Um, we got it, that kind of chairlift situation kind of thing whereby the manager gets lifted by the players and, and shoved in the air and uh, there's water and everything flying around at the time <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and the book kind of came off is that why it looks like, like like an old western map <laughs> absolutely it's, it's kind of crinkled and, and looks like a, a 90 year old skin profile really to be honest with you but, but, but there you go Adam Draper, you spoke highly of. Um, Brilliant guy, yeah. Uh, does the training. Um, yeah. You obviously uh, e- either help with the structure of the training, or you leave. You left him to do it. Or what is it? What I don't know if you can answer this. You should be able to, hopefully. But um, we'll soon see. Um, what is it about teaching lads football in this? Because some people might, if like somebody like my other half, she'll go. They're just kicking a ball around the field. I mean. There are other people who go. It's just a football. It's a good game. They don't. But there's a lot more involved with that structure of pa- you know, passing, but reading the game and responding to everything from counterattacks, well, fouls. You know, the, well, you, you, you've, you've kind of alluded to it yourself. There, really. For, for me, it's all about involvement. Yeah, and also trying to replicate something that's going to happen in the game. Yeah. That's the most key element, really, for me. Training should be about replicating something that's going to happen in a match environment. Um, so, cues of, of, of five, six, seven kids waiting to strike a ball at a goalkeeper, so you've got six or seven kids hanging around for, for long periods of time, is, 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 is just counterproductive. Um, what you want is people involved in the exercise all the while, as much as you possibly can. So that's the first thing that I would say. Um, and as for replicating things that happen in the game, you do your level best to try and try and produce that. Um, I've seen things in recent training sessions whereby you've got a ball being thrown up to a player and he volleys it from 30 yards into a five-a-side goal. When is that ever going to happen in a game? Never is the answer to that. It's almost the thing of less practice penalties. You can't, fact, you, can't, you can't do that because... because, because you can have a go, but of course you, you've got the pressure of the situation that's involved. If there, you're thinking so. about taking penalties and going to the lasting 120 odd freaking minutes yeah, or whatever, it is, yeah. you need to be able to yeah. structure the game and get a goal yeah, in. So, but yeah. like, just how does it when you? I don't know. Maybe like I don't know who to name really, but maybe just a player. Just to say a player's come in. They they've got the sort of general sort of fitness and the willingness to learn. Sure, but. How do you feel when that light comes on? They go. They understand the game now. They understand how to read a counter attack, or they understand how to. Aaron Jenkins is your prime example of that. Aaron Jenkins is 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 is, is, is a player who's developed himself more than anybody at the club, and I'm very proud of Aaron. I think Aaron's a great guy, and um, he, he would he would feature in any of my teams moving forward. No question about that. Um, and the, the, the basic reason because of that is because he's been prepared to sit down, analyse his own game and listen to what people have got to say to him and then take on board that 
and apply it during a game situation. For instance, his link-up play now is probably 30% better than when he first joined the club. And he knows now that if he gives and goes, in other words, he, he passes and looks to, looks to move off the ball, chances are people are going to give him the ball back. And um, he's learnt. He's listened and he's learnt. And he's a, he's, a, he's a top lad for that, you know. I've noticed he's got more vocal. Yeah, he's a good lad. Yeah. He's a good lad. And what I like about it as well is when he first joined the club, he was basically um, an out-and-out striker, for want of a better expression. And um, I'd like to think that I've added a couple of strings to his bow along the way. I know his preferred position is still through the front, and that's fine, Aaron, you know. Um, I understand that, but... Um, to add some versatility to your game is never a bad thing, and he's certainly done that, and he's certainly done that really, really well. You know, I see him being lucky a few times hitting the bar and stuff. Yeah, and he's, 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 feel for he's, him he's been unlucky, but I mean, I mean, still one of my favourite goals, and he'll tell you this was, was we played Mushick and Colway away their reserves a couple of seasons back, and he was through after about fifteen minutes or so, and uh, it was one against one against the goalkeeper, and that is. Always one of the most difficult situations for a striker because they've got time to think about it. Uh, when you've got time to think about a situation, that's when it becomes ten times harder. And um, Aaron just kept his cool, just opened his body up and just slotted it away in the bottom corner. It was so deliberate, so precise, and still might not necessarily be one of the most dramatic goals to some, but for me, still one of the best goals that I've seen down at Red Marley. So yeah, fair play. Excellent. Um, it's still relatively new at this as we sit here and record this, obviously. Um, so it might be a hard question to answer, but does it um, does it feel weird? Almost not. You know, tomorrow morning you're not going to be. No, I, I, I feel in some ways quite relieved, to be honest with you. I've got the I've got the problems or the hassles that go with it all at all. I've got the difficulties of, of getting eleven together on a, on, a, on a Saturday, and, and believe it or not. As, um, as as my successor will find out, that's not, not as easy as it first sounds. Um, making sure that you've got people in the right place. No one will, will, will be in a position whereby they, at this level anyway, whereby they talk to the players as much as what I do. Um, get them in the right frame of mind. Get them in the right place, geographically, to even perform in the first place. Um, but that kind of stuff always gets kind of overlooked. And... Um, and that's regrettable, but that's the way it goes. But yeah, kind of relieved. Um, do do I miss it? Uh, I don't miss the current regime. No, I don't. No. No, not at all. Not at all. What's the key to uh, motivate, you know, players or a player? I don't know. It's the best way to. Yeah. Some obviously, I'm not going to say you can motivate everybody the same way because that, no, that is not, not even all, possible. That's the, Everybody's different. You, so you've you've, you've hit the nail on the head there really Ben to be honest with you because everybody is different aren't they you can't tar everybody with the same brush what motivates one player isn't necessarily going to motivate another so you've got to get to know your players and you've got to get to know them quite well um, motivating them as a collective as a group is different but motivating them individually some need an arm around the shoulder um, most of them need an arm around the shoulder in terms of getting the confidence together I always big believer in that, bigging them up and telling them, telling them, explaining to them or, or pointing out what they're what they're 
strength areas happen to be. Uh, but from a collective, it can be can be different sometimes. Um, I've never really ranted or raved at a side or anything like that at all. There's only one occasion that I've done that in two and a half years. Um, and I think on the day I had good reason to do it. Um, that was Westbury. That was one of the recent games whereby we played in a, a cup quarter-final, a league cup quarter-final in a, in a, in a tournament that um, had our name all over it, really. It was an opportunity for people to win things for the very first time. Quite a few players in that team had never really won anything major at all, and it was a golden opportunity, an absolute golden opportunity to progress and to win against a team like Westbury, who we'd never lost to before, and on the day we didn't perform. Now, what people have to remember is my um, outburst, if that's the right expression to use, uh, came off the back of three very, very poor performances in the past. Three very poor performances whereby I'd always bit my tongue before and I'd never said anything, but the Westbury result was unacceptable. And I think it's important that people realise that I never, ever singled any individual out during that outburst at all. It was done as a collective, totally as a collective. And if people got upset about that, well, they get upset about it at the end of the day. But what they have to do is they have to look long and hard in the mirror and ask themselves, well, well, why? Why did that happen? Um, and the result speaks for itself. I think, um, I think there's an important point to draw out of this, which, which revolves around the way that the club was going to focus themselves moving forward. At the start of the season, um, we had an AGM. And there were a lot of player representation in the room at that time. And I said to them, there are two ways that you can coach a side. There's two ways. You can either adopt an approach whereby you just go about and you have a kick about and you just have a bit of a laugh. That's fine. That's perfectly acceptable. And I'm prepared to accommodate that if that's what you want. Or alternatively, you can turn around and say, OK, we've got a group of players. We can try and take this as far as we possibly can. This is something I was going to allude to that you, uh, yeah. the outburst. You're saying that, but yet the choice they've chosen is to pursue as much as they can with the team. Absolutely, as and, a and professional this, team. And, this, and this, is, this is this is my point that I was going to make. Everybody in that room, man to Jack, turned around and said, "Yeah, we want to try and pursue this. We want to try and push this as far as we possibly can." And that also is totally acceptable, as much as the kick about and, and, and have a laugh on and, and a smile on your face kind of approach. Uh, but what you have to remember is, it's f from from a coaching perspective, it's 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 pole to part. Yeah, you, if if you're gonna if you're gonna look to pursue your aims, if you're gonna look to pursue your dreams, if you're look to gonna if you're gonna look to try and take things as far as you possibly can, uh, it's gonna involve a completely and totally different, more regimented and focused approach than if you're just gonna have a casual kick about. Um, and that's what the lads wanted, and. What I've tried to do is to deliver what is to deliver what the lads wanted, and 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 that's that that's where where it all stems from, really. At the end of the day, it's almost uh, doomed if you do, doomed, doomed if you don't. So yeah, to speak, damned, if, damned if you do, damned yeah. if you don't, and and that's that's, that's the way that it, it, it's it's kind of worked out. Um, it was said with all the best intentions. No one was ever ever singled out, and it's the only time that I've ever done it, simply because previous techniques that I'd applied before clearly hadn't worked and there was a need to need to try something different and if if certain individuals have got uh, have taken umbrage over that uh, 
Um, don't be so sensitive. I, not just Romali, I'm going to go with that. You just said that. But uh, um, I think sensitivity is a bit, uh, in society in general, people get offended at the smallest things yeah, that are meant. I mean, you're thinking, like, when I said doomed if you do, doomed if you don't, you mean, if you just stood there after three losses and you said, and you went, oh, well. Yeah, yeah, but what I've got to say, Ben, is, is they were three particularly poor performances. Yeah. Well, I mean, but that is if you just sat there and gone, oh, well. You probably would, well hang on I thought we were taking this as far as we can but then Absolutely. you turn around and say what you're, what you're seeing there is you getting for goodness sake come on pull yourselves together but long story short I, I is, mean, is, is passion for the club and wanting, wanting you, it to do you're well ab- you're absolutely right I mean, I mean, I mean what, I, what, I, what I said there was, was, was for all good intentions you had the ideal opportunity there to, 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 to genuinely lift some silverware and, and it didn't happen it didn't happen People didn't turn up on the day, and they have to learn from that experience, move on, and become bigger and better for it all. Do you think some of that's uh, nerves, maybe, on that? In or? part, in part, yeah, in part. And I also think as well, if I'm being brutally honest, I think some players on the day turned up and, and just thought he was in the bag. They were already playing in the final, mate. Uh, you can't. You got to take every game as it goes, isn't it? At the end of the day, totally agree. Whether it's football or anything else, to yeah. be totally honest, <laughs> totally agree with you. And um, and you can't you can't approach games in that way if you're going to be serious about it. If you just want to have a, a casual kick about, that's different. But that is not what they wanted. They wanted to take this situation seriously, which which dictates a different approach from the coaching staff. And what effectively has happened. From a Red Marley perspective, is they've done a U-turn on that, really. They no longer match my ambition and four or five members of that team's ambition to move forward. In fact, um, I think the club lacks ambition, period, really. Move on to uh, <laughs> another happier note after that one. Um, any more? I've got another favourite moment, but have you got another favourite moment you can think of? Whether it be on pitch, off pitch? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a, a real happy experience to um, pass on. Um, again, we went down to Tidham a couple of years ago, and Jamie Opson drove his bus down there. I've seen pictures of that. I, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't around at that point. Jamie drove the bus impeccably. He was, he was on the money, mate. Especially with his three-point turn in the car park, he could have parked <laughs> it on a fifty-pence piece. Fair play to him. Um, but during the course of that game. <laughs> During the course of that game, I'd impressed on the lads how important it was to press from the front, to push, yeah, yeah? to close down from the front, defend from the front, and and they 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 carried out that instruction implicitly. And uh, and I was last man on the bus. I don't know why, whether I was gone to the loo because it's an age kind of thing, you know, <laughs> uh, or, or what had happened. I don't know, but I was last on the bus. Bus and, and 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 Jamie Opson was leaning out the window of his of his of his bus and he was turning around saying, "Come on, push, press, push!" <laughs> As I was kind of like running to get onto this bloody bus, and it, it's, it's just uh, really funny. He's a top guy, Jamie, and um, and uh, a big loss, big loss to the club. Wish he was still there. Should have been still there. I'm not, I've not had a. I've only had like one or two uh, conversations with him. But he isn't one of the lads that I've. I had yeah, the fortunate yeah. chance to like speak to you on a sort of regular basis, but big big character. Um, well, as I'm alluding to now is um, I, it was a home game. I, we spoke about it briefly. Is uh, 
uh, <laughs> I was for a good 10, 15 minutes after, maybe 10 minutes realistically, but I was like proper, one of those belly, proper belly laugh almost, like to the point where you can't control yourself. And, and then you sort of settle down and you go and you start laughing again because it's hilarious. But it was, he was on the wing and the player who was on his, uh, his counterpart then was, Jamie had him all day long. He had pace, everything from you know. I mean, he's a you know biggish lad. Like he was owning him basically. And then you shout across from over uh, over the touchline and go, uh, Jamie, Jamie, switch, switch. switch and I think Ben Hall's was the other yeah. side, switch maybe. Flash, yeah. And yeah. Uh, he sort of stopped dead in his tracks. Turned. I don't know whether you heard him. I did. But I was about four feet from him, and he turned to you and went, "Hi, you're roasting him." <laughs> and, <laughs> what? and he sort of threw his arms up in the air it was a bit of a shrug but it was the whole demeanour and I, 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 unless you were there I, saw, I mean it might come across as funny now but unless you were I was, it was it, I had it, tears it, it, in my it, eyes it was, I was laughing was my ass off and, 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 and to be fair to Jamie he had a perfectly good and valid point you know and um, that's what I've always tried to encourage really is, is, is players to express themselves and and put their points of view forward and if, if they feel that you know they've that, Something's not quite going right, then, then then tell me because I'm not I'm, I'm I'm no magician at the end of the day. Sometimes people can can look at things in a slightly different perspective and come in at a different angle on things. And I've always been prepared to listen to what people have got to say. But uh, yeah, I remember that incident, and I remember Jamie having his having his bit of a rant, and uh, and. <laughs> And it's just uh, just funny, really. I was clo- I was close to rolling on the floor on the touchline. To be honest, I found it hilarious, and it's uh, I, there are some other favourite moments. You know, Benall's goal from about twenty five, twenty six yards out yeah, smashes yeah. it in the top right hand corner. Dean Vaughan with some of his goals, Jenkins, and I can name every single player. There's been moments where they've done something, yeah. and whether it's a, a, a tackle at the most uh, sort of most opportune time, the way they need it, or do you know what I mean? Ben Wosley, I want to do a shout out to now. He's just a fantastic defender. Uh, he just he's just immense. Uh, what, how how the how how on earth we captured the likes of um, Ben Wosley down at Red Marley still staggers me. Same with Adam Draper, really. Adam Draper's slightly different because he's, he's at the other end of his kind of playing career, if that makes sense. But um, still a, a superb force. But I mean, Ben Wosley, he, he could play at a lot higher level. And uh, should play at a higher level, and I hope to see him play at a higher level one day. I'd love to see him in a wolf shirt, actually. That'd be fantastic. I'd love to see him in a wolf shirt, banging the winner, and then he comes and celebrates with me on the <laughs> sidelines. That, he, that, that would uh, make that would make me absolutely complete. Would there be uh, any chance that there might be some season tickets in there? <laughs> Is that why you're? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> of course I want a season ticket. Yeah. Oh, uh, one of the things I would have asked you for the RFN stuff yeah. would have carried on and yeah, yeah. this is the perfect opportunity this is the last time we're probably going to be talking about it to be totally honest um, is uh, I asked, started asking the players on the podcast um, uh, what would their five-a-side dream team be um, so now whether that includes yourself <laughs> is a different thing well it never include me but um, yeah I just start you know because I won't get the opportunity might, again so might, might include Mel Taylor but uh, it wouldn't include me. Um, <laughs> um, who would I have in? Okay, um, goalkeeper without question, best guy in the business, John Opson. Immense. Um, it still amazes me. He's so young. He just comes across as if he's. I don't know. He's, older. He's, 
<laughs> His presence like, is amazing. He's like the, the, the Matt Murray of, 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 of Red Marley, isn't he, really? Because, I mean, he started at a very young age and he feels like he's been there forever, you know? And um, a bit like Wayne Hennessy as well when he was down the wall, same kind of concept. But um, he's, 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 he's always been a man in a boy's body. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's definitely older before his time. Yeah, it's all uh... right. He, he, he feels like he's, he's been there forever and a day and he's, he's, he's a top, top lad and uh, a great keeper. There's no better keeper than, than, than John Opson at this level and um, and um, I'll always back him when he knows that. Um, so top guy. Who else would I have in there? Forward. It's got to be Dean though, isn't it, really? Um I think Dean is one of the players that, that I mean I've only asked a couple but uh, he was one of the players that made it in every single <laughs> one so no, knows, there's knows, a reason for that knows where the back of the net is so that's two down I think from a defensive perspective you've got to have Ben Wosley ain't you? Um, just mopping it all up sorting it all out the caretaker at the back there so that's, that's, that's three down yeah yep um, in in like a defensive midfield capacity in the five side kind of system. I'm sorry, but I've got to say Scott. Um, Again, Scott's another player that's been mentioned in near enough every team. He's, bar one, I think. He's, he's, I'm, I'm not bothered what people think. They're going to turn around and call me biased. Fine, you're welcome to your opinion if you think that. Um, he's, he's. I don't he's, think anybody thinks that to be he's, totally he's, honest. He's, but. He's, he's one of the best guys who pulls on a red Marley shirt every week. And I think he gets totally overlooked, really, in many ways. Not appreciated for what he's all about. Um, uh, yeah, you'll say I'm biased, which is fair enough. So you, you, you're allowed your comment, you're allowed your opinion. Uh, but yeah, I'd have Scott in there. Um, ben Ors. Ben Ors, yep. It's got to be in there too. I mean, is that, is that four? That's right, four. So you've gone John. Yeah. Ben Wasley. Scott. Dean. Dean. Scott. Yeah. Oh, you've got one more. I got one more. I think <laughs> one more. That is bloody difficult, isn't it? Now, to all the other guys who are out there, I mean, I don't wish to be disrespectful, but you got to say Adam Draper, ain't you? Adam Draper. You yeah. got Ben Wazzy and Adam Draper. Your defence. You ain't getting. You won't need a keeper. You don't need a keeper <laughs> because you, you defend on your own halfway line, won't you? And. Um, just his know-how and his reading of the game and he's just immense and I don't mean that in a dis- disrespectful way to any of the other guys because you've all got great, great talent um, but that's as it stands now if you'd gone back say two years or so ago no disrespect Dan Jeeves would have been in there no question Dan Jeeves another yeah. Marley legend there absolutely yeah uh, one of one of, one of the, the, the finest players I've ever had the privilege to work with he's a real nice bloke though as well There's yeah. some, some people who got the skill and all that going on for him, you know, they can yeah. be quite yeah. ego driven, but yet Dan, and not nah. just Dan, we, 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 lost, like so, we lost something as a club the day that Dan G's left, no question. Um, massive um, presence in the dressing room, but he was also very, very good at um, drawing things together from a playing perspective off the park. For instance, we, we always used to meet up at uh, Dan's parents' house before a game. This has gone back a couple of years or so ago now. It's just simple things like that, you know, that that, that kind of unified things, and he, he got that off to a fine art, and he was. That's um, what we alluded to earlier about the whole yeah. team players being mates and stuff like that. Absolutely, I think, you know. and, and, and that's been lost. That's been diluted. That's been diluted by the number of people who've come in. That's no disrespect to them. 
Um, it, it's, it's a question of how they've been managed, really, and I don't think they've been managed well enough. Was that a case of maybe some of the players as well could have maybe made... I mean, it's quite... I suppose some of the players... I'm going to ask you about the youth players in a second. Yeah, yeah, but, um, please do. But the players coming in are younger, obviously... Yeah. Guys like Scott, not to mention, uh, and uh, Dean and Draper, mm-hmm. they're older, so they can do the whole social pub thing. Whereas, yeah, the others can do it, but it's not the same in a sense of you know, they got to sit there drinking a Coke or orange juice or a Ribena or whatever it is. That's that's life, though, Ben. Really, at the end of the day, they can't do that at that stage of life. But so, do you, what I mean is, do you think the players could go less? I mean, I'm not saying they don't, but there are maybe a few more could maybe make a bit more of an effort. That's all I'm saying. I definitely agree. Yeah, um, I'd always invite them along. I'd always be the first person to stick my hand in the pocket and buy them a coke, you know, just to be part of it all. I remember John Greeno doing it down at Millwall about 12 months or so ago, and it was great to have him along. Great to have him involved, and, and he's an immense talent, mate. He's an immense talent who has an inability to answer his mobile phone, and, he, <laughs> and if he had have answered his mobile phone more, he'd have played in more games. I don't think I met him, so... He's a good guy. Good guy. Good bloke. Good talent. Um, youth players. Yep. Um, I suppose you've touched upon on the, with the DS squad, that's suppose that's the principle, but youth players, you know, who do you see a, in the next... A lot, a lot of our good youth players haven't come through the DS squad at all. The DS no. squad haven't delivered at all on youth players, in my mind. The only person that they've brought through is John Greeno, and that's about it, really. John Greeno is exceptional, and um, and if I end up... Um, in a football capacity somewhere else you'll always be welcome to um, participate with, with, with my teams no question about that and I'll look after him as well um, but from a youth perspective you've, you've, you've got um, Luke Brunston outstanding um, coming as a left back to try and give him some experience and he fulfilled that role very, very well, and he's doing his stuff in midfield now. And 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 if Luke continues to listen and 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 take things on board, he'll be a magnificent player. Someone who someone who will be able to to dominate and uh, dictate things for Red Molly moving forward. So so Luke Brunsden's in there. Jack Hughes is another one. Excellent. Jack Hughes, Luke Brunsden, Adam Collier, um, Ian Bennett. And, and and John Greeno, those those are the guys for me really who've who've had a big ask of them to step up to the plate at a relatively um, modest age, and over the last six to eight months or so of of, of putting real um, good performances for the team, have made real valuable contributions, and um, they're, they're they're definitely the the highlights for me. Just going to pause here right now, and uh, I just want to. So you guys, thank you very much for hitting the download button or listening on Spreaker or wherever you're listening. Uh, thank you very much for that. Um, some guests I've got coming up uh, is uh, I've got Sam Beddoes from Freak Zone Games coming up, and I've also got Dan Tank lined up as well, and a few others as well. So look out for those. I just want to get you guys to look out for any news that I'm doing. If you go to facebook.com forward slash the Benny Mac Network or follow me on Twitter at Benny Mac B E Triple N Y M A C K. Uh, and with that said, let's get back to the interview with Andy. Hey there, and welcome back to the Benny Mac Podcast. Uh, I'm still sat here with uh, Andy Davis. Uh, it's pains me to say, former manager of Red Marley FC. It's, it's, it still feels a bit <laughs> don't, fresh, don't to be honest. Don't be pained about it. No, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm cool about it all. I've, uh, I, I love my 
time with the club and uh you know it was excellent and doing the shows and stuff which are new experiences new beginnings uh, i was making a video uh, a video um an audio file today with a song oh, yeah. and uh and i was going through some old shows and the, like the mics i had for the very first show was like you have to really almost shout at it for it to pick anything up <laughs> Nick Blue would have no problem then. Yeah, he had the mic most of the time. That was yeah. the one he had, so yeah, it was quite funny. Probably, probably wise, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but it was uh, it was quite. It's always good to listen. One of my, I just want to put it out there. One of my uh, not just my favorite. I think one of my favorite shows off the top of my head, and it was mainly because the two guys who reached out to me and said the show was good. Was so when Dan G's and Matt Jubilee came on, and I've yeah. got. I've don't get me wrong. The Halloween special and everything was quality, which I'd love to have done a follow up of. Should have done a follow up of. Yeah, but uh, well, things happened in it. So. Um, anyway, I'm sat here talking to Andy Davis uh, about his football in his Red Marley days, and which uh, <laughs> I've come to a close. I've come to a close, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, but uh, um, we're going to crack right in back into it. Let's uh, let's it. go. Let's go. And uh, I just want with football then. So this is kind of a two-part question. So it's uh, I suppose why do you like football, and I suppose the best way to answer that would be what was the first ever game you saw, and whether it be okay. TV or. First ever game that I ever went or to. Or that you can remember, maybe. Oh, I was there, mate. It was live. It was special. It was featured on your on your website, Ben, to be honest. And it was Wolves versus Stoke City in uh, 1973 down at Molyneux. And uh, Wolves won 5-3 that day. And John Richards bagged himself a hat-trick. And uh, I think Dugan got one and, and Danny Egan got another. And uh, it was uh, everything just sticks in the air. Our dad took us along uh, to my very first game, and um, and when you see something like that, I mean Stoke could have won that day. This is bizarre, the kind of things that that, that stick in your head as a kid. Because I was only about seven, eight at the time, and um, Stoke City had this midfielder called Terry Conroy playing for them, uh, an Irish midfielder and uh, good player too. Great player, Terry Conroy. And I always remember as a kid looking at him and thinking, you've got the whitest legs that I've ever seen in my life. That's <laughs> a random thing for a seven-year-old to think and you of. And you just think of these things. And they they got John Mahoney playing and they got Farmer playing in goal, which I was a bit disappointed about because I was hoping to see Gordon Banks play. Gordon and Banks. That, and that, that didn't happen. And um, Kenny Ibbett... Kenny Ibbitt was, was running down the right side of midfield. He was in midfield that day, but he was running down the right side of midfield. And I always remember things that you think about as a kid. He must have cut himself shaving badly. And Kenny Ibbitt had got like a plaster on the side of his right side of his face. Uh, it just kind of sticks in your head, all these kind of things, all these random things. And then you got the smell of the bovel and the pies and all that kind of business. And, uh, <laughs> just Now you've said that, <laughs> maybe, maybe it's, uh, I don't know, maybe it's... Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the hell. What is with Bovril? I'm sorry, but <laughs> I don't really, it's, I've it's, never it's, had it. it. It's definitely a Midlands thing. There's no, there's I, no question about. Say. Probably emanates from St Andrews, Birmingham City, but um, everybody kind of like goes for it, especially when it's freezing cold, because it kind of warms you from the inside out. And um, surely and, a tea or a coffee could do that. Isn't <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah. No, it's, it's got to be Bovril. It's got to be Bovril. If you're at football, it has to be Bovril, Ben. And um, so yeah, Wolves versus Stoke City, five three, and um, I remember standing on this 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 box that my dad had put together. It was um, about a foot or so tall, so I could see over the top of the wall. It's like a wall down by the family enclosure, where we were, where we were based, and um, 
He even painted that golden black, bless him. <laughs> and um, and after that, completely and totally hooked. A bit similar to when I took Scott to a Wolves game, because you've you got to kind of like uh, drip feed your kids and uh, get them into the clubs that count, as I would describe it. And uh, I took him to see Wolves versus the Blues, Birmingham City. And uh, this has gone back probably to about 90, 95, 96, somewhere around there. And um, Paul Furlong scored for the Blues after about 11 minutes or so and put them one up and the, the old bottom lip was going, you know. Oh, yeah, what's going on here? That was just my bottom lip. It wasn't his. <laughs> it was mine, right? And we went on to win 3-1 that day and uh, he, he got converted as well. So so there you go. You say 95, I think I was 7. <laughs> yeah, about ni- maybe, yeah, about 95, 96, somewhere around there. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. I've... Uh, I can't even remember the first game. I mean, while we're talking about this, I just uh, my sort of I'm a Man United fan for better or worse. Sometimes <laughs> um, I get called all I think. Yeah, I don't even know how that happened to be totally honest. Ah. But you know, because I'm not even you know where we are. I'm not even know any other club technically. I've only been to Old Trafford uh, once and been inside to see a game. It was Real Madrid and uh, Man United sort of the uh, the sort of spe- uh, what's it called? Like not it's like a charity game or whatever, basically. Um, and it was uh, being inside the ground uh, the one thing that got me was on TV it looks huge it looks massive yeah and I suppose when you think about it logically it's a football pitch with some seats I suppose but I was under sort of whelmed of like oh this is actually quite small (laughs) really (laughs) honestly I was like kind of like (laughs) I'll tell you what you'd be super super underwhelmed at Wolves then either that or it's because of where we were sat I'm not sure but Uh. uh, one of my favourite first my first favourite players was uh, Dennis Irwin, defender. I just thought he was... Uh, yeah, quality. Dennis Irwin is Adam Draper. Did you know that? <laughs> it looks different. <laughs> looks different, but it's the same ideology. Um, Dennis Irwin was described as Alex Ferguson's greatest ever signing because he bought him from Oldham, I believe, working from memory, for, for Peanuts. And he did a brilliant job for, for, for Alex Ferguson. And we had him down at Wolves for a couple of seasons. He was great for us too. He was brilliant. And uh, it's very similar kind of parallels to Adam Draper. <laughs> Adam Draper is Dennis Irwin. Yeah. All right, so the second part of the question. So what is it about football that kind of drew you in? Was it the atmosphere, I suppose? Or yeah, was it yeah, the bovril, maybe? It was, it was, it was, <laughs> it was one of those cards you could get. Um, and, and, and like the, the, the albums that you could get what were they called oh the Premier League ones you're on about nah, it was before then oh I, come on, I was you know I was born in 18 yeah, b- 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 <laughs> well, well before then I always remember um, my brother getting this, this 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 sticker album of the 1970 World Cup finals they do well when I was younger it was the Merlin books and it was the yeah. Premier League ones it was, it was, or... before, it was before the, the adhesive stickers it was like you got to glue them in yourself kind of thing oh, right, okay. which was always kind of a per- perilous existence because they always used to drop out the album which was never good <laughs> and, and, and and I remember thumbing through these different teams like El Salvador and all these kind of bloody obscure countries and being absolutely fascinated by it all um, Peru was another one I seem to remember, and and then I stumbled across the Sweden page, right? The Sweden page, and and no word to a lie, right? They had the ugliest squad you could ever <laughs> wish to we ever wish to see in your born existence. They they were like from Middle Earth or something. It was it was really weird. <coughs> Fair enough. There was, there, was a, there was a goalkeeper who, who looked like like one of the amphibians from Stingray. 
You know? Oh, goodness me. Really weird. Target reference there, anyway. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I remember Stingray. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> they go, um, well, we're here to talk about football in general and your experiences, really. So, um, so Wolves in, Bovril. Wolves and Bovril. Yeah. Hand in hand, by the sounds of it. I think I'll leave the bottle. I'll have the pie and um, leave the bottle though. Um, we go back to Red Marley then. Um, uh, Aspective question, I suppose. Uh, what is the one thing you would change, if anything, with your time at the club? The expansion of the club. Expansion. Yeah, no question. It's the same as any business, really. If you expand too quickly, it falls around your ears. And I think that's what's happened. I mean, there was moves afoot to, to create a third team. You know, we had we had about thirty five kids down there training, and uh, the wonderful suggestion was put across this have a third team, and that's only any good as long as you've got a hard core of players to service that side. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, thirty five players who just turn up at one training session doesn't equate to a third team, and I was thinking to myself, well, Christ, we can't even run two teams successfully. Uh, I was about to say, I was going to say, like, I understand the the idea of the DS squad that surely it would have been made it's my point of view so you know take it or leave it but it's just um, surely it would be better to sort of you know stabilise the main team yeah I mean, I mean Aaron Smith was all in favour of it but I mean at the end of the day you, you've got to do what's right for the for the for the people who come forward and that's not, not, not a good suggestion really I mean how are you going to facilitate that at the end of the day so yeah it's it, Things that things that I regret the expansion of the side. I, th- I think um, not getting the right people involved to sort the DS side of things out. To not work with, with with the Saturday side closely was was a was a was a, a fatal error really in many ways. Um, not getting the um, just throwing the doors open and inviting people into the club um, diluted things in a big way, and uh, I think you lost that unity as a result of that. Do you think they could, uh, as they currently stand, do you think you can claw this sort of, this friendship sort of back that was in the club before? That's not down to me to do now. Uh, That's down to somebody else to sort of try and uh, um, address. Um, Very difficult one. Um, I think you've got a very fragmented club there at the moment, which is a shame to see. I'd like to think that uh, they can, can try and turn it around and, and, and get the unity side of things pulled back together again, but uh, that remains to be seen, really. I won't be part of that. Which I think, my opinion, is a shame. Um, I suppose this is probably, it comes to the territory, whether it be football or a new job or whatever, but with a new manager, there's always some sort of, a lack of a better word, fallout. Maybe some players are used to it being one way or I don't don't, don't know how to say it but do you think some players will maybe leave or do you think it will that really depends on who you get in what their visions are and what their ideologies are Um, whoever comes in I wish them the greatest success what I would say to you is you're going to inherit a better team than the the one that I inherited that's no disrespect to the people who've gone before me Um, You've also inherited far more problems than what I had right at the start. You've got a fragmented fragmented entity 
completely across the board, and that's been that's that's that's, that's a result of of of, um, of the way that the club has been structured, and uh, the, the the fact that you, your two major entities are no longer prepared to work together. Um, so that's that's a dilemma in itself. Um, whether they'll turn it around remains to be seen. I hope that they do. I hope that they do, Ben. Um, best luck to him. You still be paying attention and yeah, I'll, 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 I'll be Moscow. tuning in. No question. <laughs> no question. And whatever club I'm at, I hope they tune into my results too. Yeah, be quite interesting, wouldn't it? If you were offered a club in the same league as Red Marley tomorrow, next week, three months from now, would you yeah. take it or would you think... Mm. It depends on the infrastructure of the club and it depends on the people who are there. So it's got nothing to do with the fact Red Marley and just what the club is, where the club is at, basically. Yeah, if, if, if I get the opportunity to move things forward, then, then I'm, I'm going to carefully consider that. Um, it, it, it's I'd, I'd love to try and continue... What Red Marley is, 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 is kind of where, where Red Marley has kind of left off for me. I'd like to try and continue that if we can, um, and and move things on to a, a bigger and better level. Yeah, unfinished business, really. Were there many reasons why you left the club, or was there one solitary reason why you left the club? Or I, I think I think the major reason for me, Ben, was the, was the fact that um, when you're a coach of a club, you have to be. Um, kind of in charge of, of, of the playing decisions in terms of the players who, who, who represent you and uh, if if other entities are going to start to um, interfere in that that kind of um, undermines you in many ways and that's basically exactly what happened you, you, you've got to be in a situation whereby you've got to be able to, 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 to call the shots in terms of, of what players you have Available to you, and what players you decide to part company with, and and, and for me that was that was the, the, the final straw really because there were there were, there were too many uh, external influences, which kind of undermined what I was trying to do. And it goes back to what we said before in terms of of of, of where you want to take the club. Do you want to take it as far as you can possibly take it, or do you just want a friendly kick about two different approaches? Um, so, so, so that's that's the thing for me. Really, was, was the fact that the player decisions taken out of my hands, rightly or wrongly, and that kind of undermined what I did. One thing that I would like to to to, to, to stress here is the fact that it was my decision to leave. It was my decision to go. Um, no one pushed me out the door. It was my decision to go because basically you you, you got that undermining. Scenario on your hands. Um, obviously, things have panned out the way they've panned out. So, you know, but ideally, I'm guessing this isn't the way you wanted to leave the club. If you were ever going to leave no, the club, but um, how would you have? I, I mean, if in an ideal world, how would you have liked to? How left? would I have liked to have left it? I'd, I'd like to have been in a better position than what we're in now. Um. I think if we'd have sorted the goalkeeper dilemma out, that would have helped us immensely. And I firmly believe that, that we were good enough and more than capable enough to secure promotion again. But the club has, um, I'm sorry, you've got to say, it's got a lack of ambition, um, really in my mind. And and as a result, that's, that's, that's dragged the club's 
that has dragged the club backwards in my mind. Yeah. Is there do well from the club perspective onto you? Do you feel there's any hard feelings from the club at the moment? Obviously, this is well, still relatively well, new. I'm, so. I'm, I mean, what I'm particularly perturbed about um, and very disappointed about um, this this complaint situation was raised against me, and it's a complaint situation that that, that goes beyond the realms of football. Um, has the potential to touch on probably every aspect of my life, right? And I've asked for um, copies of the so-called complaint, yet to receive it, yet to receive any form of acknowledgement at all. I've sent texts, never responded. And throughout this process, no one has ever picked up the phone and talked to me at all. You think after two years, and I'm sorry i got to say this, but after two years you think you'd, well, I personally think you deserve better to be honest, I just, I just, just I just, some sort of communication would be. I just, I just find that I agree with you. I find that complete, completely disappointed that no one at any point can pick the phone up and talk to me about it. The first that I know about this complaint is receiving a text message in a hotel in Reading, right, on a Thursday night. Yeah, no, no, so not even a phone call. It was not a even a phone message. call. Nothing, nothing whatsoever. Yeah, I get a text message. And I'm more than prepared to share that text with people if they wish to see it. It's like uh, a disciplinary hearing. Apparently, um, there was a proposal from the executive committee to suspend me uh, pending an investigation of what's gone on. Now, I, I, I've got involved with Red Marley Football Club on a voluntary basis. Yeah, to suspend me pending an investigation is 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 well. <laughs> Um, he's very disappointed to say the least really obviously oh. uh, just for the listeners we can't actually discuss what's going on with that but you know it's just I feel that two years and a lot of your personal time uh, I, I, I'm not 100% sure what you do for a living I will admit but I know it's quite a demanding job and obviously yeah. if you're up in Reading somewhere as well to receive a text message a, a phone call I personally think my personal opinion is Actually, to be honest, it'd be better if you we had it face to face for the no, conversation too, with the chairman. Right. But, but, but that at takes, least a phone call that in that take, situation. That, I agree with you, but that takes bottle to do, yeah. And uh, the likes of Sanjay Desai haven't even responded to my texts, N- nothing whatsoever. And um, that just speaks volumes, really, for the club. I th- well, you can draw your own conclusions from that. I want to go back to the DS side again. Um, sorry for the guys who <laughs> listened to the first half, but you know um, uh, the structure of it, maybe, and just maybe it should have. Uh, your, th- I mean, you, I mean, you mentioned it a couple of times. It maybe wasn't quite set up the way it should have been, or like, 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 executed the way yeah, it should have been. Maybe, like I've said before, Ben, it was a fantastic concept, but it was run completely and is run completely as a totally separate entity. To the point whereby you could even peel it off and they could become a separate side to Red Marley. And and, and that was never, ever the way that it was um, planned to be. Um, That was never the way that it was envisaged at all. And um, there's there's a lot of frustrations in relation to that, really, um, in in terms of the way that it's been run. But that, that, as I've said before, is, is my fault. My fault for giving these people their opportunity. My fault in terms of, of endorsing um, the individuals to, to to chair the situation, if you like. Um, 
it's just a, just a sad situation really in many ways it could have been a fantastic concept it's been played into the ground um, but there you go that's the way that it is he's contributed to the divide a little bit unintentionally but I think the divide is I think it was getting there anyway but with the DS squad and like it's because it's being treated as a separate as you said a separate entity it hasn't helped the maybe the conscience of the club maybe mm. Mm. I mean, for me, there are basic things that have happened with the club that certainly I wouldn't do. Um, I'll give you an example. I mean, you've got a situation whereby you've got a DSI that operates on a Sunday, and the idea is to bring in four, or the original idea anyway, was to bring in four or five um, players from the Saturday side to supplement things, to help things along. And um, certain individuals who run the DS side turned around and said, "Sorry, you can't play for the DS side because you're a Saturday player." Where, where, how, how does that work? How does that? You can't play for the DS side on a Sunday because you are a Saturday player. Now, given where we were trying to strive towards to get this unity together, that's completely and totally divisive. And goes against the concepts of the overall scheme completely, and I, I just don't follow that at all. I just don't follow that at all, you know. And moving on from that, you've, you've got a situation whereby um, um, a player turned up late to 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 a um, a game. He's about fifteen minutes late. And he starts to get changed, and uh, a member of the DS side turns round, a DS coaching staff turns round, and. and and castigates this individual in front of everybody, right? Humiliates him in front of everybody because he's late and the fact that he's not going to play, right, as a result of that. Um, is that person right for taking that course of action or is he wrong? That, that, that's up to you to decide. Personally, it's not something that I would do myself. Um, I have never singled anybody out at any one point. Yeah, I've, I, I've, I've made my point collectively, but I've never singled anyone out. And that, for me, is, is not right. Members of the DS side contributing towards the Facebook page, I think, is, com is, is completely um, counterproductive. Um, there were members of the, of the DS coaching side of, 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 of the equation who uh, have made derogatory remarks towards former players. Um, branded them as cheats no less is that right or is that wrong I don't know um, I'll let that be decided by the people it's not something that I would have done myself but there again it's contributed towards all of this I think some comments are uh, picked and chosen by certain people uh, some comments get taken off oh, because I, they uh, express an opinion but when other people do it they get it gets left on gets and retained. so I Either one, if a well, not derogatory comment, but if a comment's made and it's not liked, put your point across. Don't delete it. If you're going to delete it, you make sure you delete every derogatory or personal statement <laughs> if you want to. But you can't. You can't. With you. you can't have one deleted and one not, so to speak. So it, it, it's, it's got very selective um, as far as that's concerned. Um, but the derogatory comments towards players by DS coaching staff is completely unacceptable. Um, in my mind, there's one player from the DS side who, who recently left because of derogatory comments that were made. To my knowledge, the club haven't followed that up. 
they haven't sorted the situation out and that strikes me as being completely unfair really um so so people say to me about you know your approach isn't correct but i think there are other approaches closer to home that need to be uh, addressed before before mine really in many ways um so that's 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 particularly disappointing um so yeah that's where we're at you're going back to what you said about singling a player out i mean being 15 minutes late all right not ideal um, no it's not ideal um, I mean, you know that player's got to put his hands up and, and take a certain degree of responsibility on the flip like side of that you could also argue it's an less, no disrespect it's an amateur club he may have had a reason they could have been trafficked have family problems but to actually I mean I don't know who it is I don't want to know but this is my opinion on the situation um, to actually single out a player in front of everybody is a, I mean maybe taken to one side say you know you're alright how come you're late that, but then even that what kind of you know in, in my mind you should never ever do that you should never ever single a player out in front of an audience and humiliate them which is which is basically what's happened and um, if you've got something to say to someone on a one to one basis you take them to one side and do it don't you yeah um, point. it's just basic <clears throat> management and, and that's something that's been completely lacking Um which is, which is a shame, but there you go. Um, Maybe there's too much pressure being put on the Saturday team and the Sunday team's become almost like it's just there. And we look at it every I, now I, and again I mean, sometimes. I mean, I, mean I, I think there's been a lack of focus. I think I think what the club's lacked in recent times is, is, is what keeps it all together. And the, what keeps it all together is the performance of the Saturday side and, and, and everything in relation to that. And... Um, and uh, as I say, there's been a lack of lack of focus on that, and everything should really be moving towards supporting supporting the Saturday side, and uh, and it certainly hasn't happened in recent times. Okay, right, a bit happier now. Um, bring this home. I think uh, one of the things you're going to miss the most about the club. I mean, are you still got a good relationship with most of the players, or you feel hope I, I, that you I, feel I, I that like, you've got? I like, to, I like to think that I have, and. Um, I'd like to think that um, if players have got difficulties or things that I want to discuss, they can share them with me because the door has always been open and remains very much open, I hasten to add. Um, things I'm going to miss is, is, is pretty much banter um, down the pub after the game, having the banter in relation to that, um, discussing where it went, where it went well, where it went wrong. Um, those are the kind of things that I'm going to miss more than probably anything else. And a few times I've been involved in that, I always liked it where it always combinated in the man of the match and every player got a vote, and then including yourself, and went around the room or in the pub, and like, who's got man of the match? And even spectators to the point where you've gone to spectators that came to watch yeah. and gone, who do you think? And then you and, get and, there. And, and, and very often, you know, we'd, we'd end up giving man of the match to, to someone who needed a boost. Yeah someone who wasn't necessarily man of the match on the day they were close mind but they, they needed a, a personal boost to, 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 to give them that kind of um, increased self esteem and uh, that, you know that kind of thing gets overlooked and that's something I'm going to really really miss but um, I'll um, hopefully take it on board with wherever I end up so uh, looking forward as I said not looking back yeah. On the confidence boost there, um, I always thought the, uh, from my personal opinion, again, like it or don't, 
Um, if you didn't like our opinion so far, you're probably not still listening. So you know, <laughs> but um, I'm hoping it's been an attending podcast. Anyway, but my thing was I was going to say was um, I think the captain's armband could have been used as a uh, motivation tool or a Agreed. Uh, confidence booster. Agreed. If you want to say, you know, yeah, you you turn up to every training session. You know, here's here's a you know you played well, you're good at you know. Just I think it could have been you. It could be used even now. It could be used as a confidence booster, really. I I I, I have a tendency to agree with you. To, to be fair to Smithy, he's, he's he's tried to do that in the past on occasion. But um, the bottom line is, you your player who should really get the captain's armband is the leader on the pitch, and uh, the leader on the pitch for me has always been Adam Draper. And he's never had the opportunity to do that as often as I would have liked. Right, I think we've exhausted every <laughs> outlet, to be honest. Um, so, what are your plans for the future then? Might as well look forward now. My plans for the future, I'm going to take my time. I've got a lot of. Um... Lie in on a Saturday, maybe? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. If where I'm working at the moment, that's always going to come in handy. Um, Lots of musical things kicking around. Lots of stuff that I want to do with you moving forward. Um, from a broadcast point of view, is going to be good. Um, got a few things, as I said, musically in the offing. Um, Callum Marshall's EPs virtually recorded. Um, got the vocals on one of his tracks still to do, so we're looking to remix that and get that out there very shortly to supplement his gigs that he's doing. Um, a new act that I'm kind of involved with called Idiots and Yes Men. <laughs> okay. Um, what was that, a share, share that, with the group? <laughs> that's, 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 that's not got nothing to do with, with Red Marley's <laughs> executive committee, by the way. Um, that's not meant to be anything in relation to that. Um, who, who, yeah, it's going to be that's going to be an interesting project, I think. Um, so there's there's lots of different things that are bubbling under which are outside football, but I'm going to just sit back, take my time, and and, and see what happens. And um, and uh, if we get back into football, we get back into football. If we don't, we don't. Um, but needless to say, whatever I end up doing, I'm going to give it 120 percent, as I've always done. Excellent. Uh, thank you very much for listening, guys. Uh, Andy, thank you very much for joining me in the, <laughs> the longest probably show I've ever done uh, the first ever show for the Benny Mac podcast at least anyway so um, I will say they're not always going to be this heavy I will admit it was just more of a segue into a new chapter so to speak so very much so yeah I would have this look forward yeah. back. thank you very much for joining me Andy oh, you're welcome it's great to see you